bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. I'm Angela Cote, your host of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. Hello, Angela Cote here, and I am so excited to bring you Jennifer Blair, founder and co-CEO of Decalash. Today, we're going to be talking about how franchising empowers and builds confidence for women. Now, just for a bit of context here, my background comes from my upbringing with the family business, M&M Food Market. My dad is the founder, and over the years, we grew to almost 500 locations. And so I'm really excited about this topic today because I grew up in a very male-dominated world. I I am very fortunate to have had a father who really believed in me and mentored me and and wanted to see me do well. Um, But I have to say, it wasn't always easy. For sure, I got the the stink eye a lot from franchisee, you know, male franchisees when I would show up to help them uh, with their business as this young female 20-year-old boss's daughter. So I, I, you know, I learned a lot about how to navigate around um, men in business and and, and got to see the also the change over the years of women getting more involved in the workforce. So that's been really cool. So I am really excited to get to talk to female rock stars like Jennifer Blair. Um, I'm always really inspired by self-made women. You know, I women that have saw an opportunity, which we'll get into in just a minute um, and hear that story. So yeah, I think I've really been fueled by stories like Jennifer's to, to be successful, to try to be successful myself. So we're going to get into that. I also always have to give a shout out to the CFA for the amazing work that the CFA does to educate people about franchising, to protect the franchising model, and to really bring people together. So big shout out to the CFA. All right, Jennifer, are you ready to get rolling? I am ready. So yes. And your story inspires me as well. So I'm very happy to be on this uh, podcast with you today. Awesome. Thank you. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm super honored to get to guest host and, and, and share my story and then, and then use that to kind of work through helping other people understand, you know, franchising and business in general. So, okay, let's, to get started, let's, let's hear your story. Let's tell about, tell us about the Decalash concept and why you found it. This is what I find really inspiring to hear from the beginning. Yeah. So, um, you know, originally Decalash was founded as a way to make lashes more affordable, more convenient um, for the everyday person. When I originally started getting lashes myself, they were very expensive. They also were more of an add-on service in a salon. They weren't specific to just that one service. And nobody, not very many people were specializing in that. So when I was getting my lashes done, not only was it expensive, but it was also really hard to find an appointment. And I kind of saw a gap in, in that and thought that maybe I could help. And originally it was not to start a brand or, you know, a franchise or even multi-studios. It was just like, oh, if if I'm having troubles, other people are too. So, you know, maybe I will, you know, offer the service and make it convenient for people and affordable. And that's basically how it started off. I went to my husband and I said, what do you think about, I was 
considering going back to work, I was a stay-at-home mom for many, many years. Um, we have four children and, you know, it was just time to kind of get out there and start making some extra money. Four kids are expensive. And I also just, I wanted to get out of the house and I wanted to do something fun. I, I love talking to people. Um, I love being around other women and I love beauty. I love making people feel good. So it just seemed like, a, you know, like something that I was going to enjoy. It wasn't really going to seem like work to me. But quickly, um, after offering the service, I had a good friend in a salon. I rented a room from him. And it wasn't too long after, you know, maybe a few months where I was like, you know what, this is more than what I thought it was. The, 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 the way that the women were feeling after they got the service done and the smiles, the compliments, everything that they were getting out of the service, I was like, this is more than me just getting out of work and making it convenient. I felt like I was really changing people's lives and making an impact. And I got really passionate about what I was doing and wanted to make it bigger than my initial thought of just, you know, going back to work and, and doing, the, doing the service myself. So it quickly grew beyond me. So awesome. I, I was just reflecting on my first time getting lashes done and, and, and how, so I was at my salon and my hair, hairstylist was doing my hair. And I said, um, something about, I, I was really excited because I was going to be getting a photo shoot for something. And she's like, oh, well, where are you getting your lashes done? And I was like, wait, I have to get my lashes done. Like, okay. So she told me, yeah, like, I mean, if it, it makes so much difference. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I, I did it. And it, it, it was amazing. It's amazing when these little things, how much it can help our confidence. And especially again, being, being female and feeling like sometimes we're, we need to stand out and, 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 you know, um, just feel more confident around, around the people that we're, we're working around. And I also just love that you like, yeah, you just, we were like, I'm just going to go do this thing and make some money, you know, on the side. And, and you realized right away it took off and love that it's specialized. Like I, I get it. Like lashes are not easy for people to just do the, it requires a lot of like patience and probably a steady hand and all these things. And I'd rather someone do mine that really gets good at it rather than just, Oh, yeah. I do once or twice every now and then. Well, the, and that's, you know, as I, when I first started doing the lashes and I was, you know, still renting the room and I was very proud of what, what I did. So I always, you know, would, would talk about the lashes and, 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 you know, try to educate people who didn't really know about them. And I would run into people um, just in the industry because I, you know, I was in the industry and talking to other people and they're like, oh yeah, I took that class, you know, I took that class too. And I, I just couldn't do it. And it's, you know, it, it was just too hard. And, and I, you know, it's when I realized that if you don't specialize in it, then, you know, you don't really get to become good at it. And that was the difference that I saw early on when we decided to just move into only lashes and have our first standalone studio was that people were driving from like, hour and a half just to come to us because we specialize in that service and we were really, really good at it. And that was, that was what we, we built, you know, everything on is we specialize in what we do and, and we're really good at it. So it is, it's an intricate lashes takes a, a steady hand and, and yeah, it definitely isn't something that you can pick up overnight. That's for sure. Yeah. It makes so much sense that specializing, like I think about certain services that I could get, you know, my nails done or something, you can maybe get away with somebody that does not, doesn't only do that, but yeah, that makes so much sense. So I'm getting the feeling that's, that's a big part of what makes Deca Lash so awesome unique and unique. It's that it's, would, would you say that that's, the, that it's the specializing, is there anything else that you would add that makes Deca Lash awesome and unique compared to maybe other lash only places? I think that we really focus on the, the customer 
And I believe that that comes from me being one of the, you know, the CEO of the company, being a consumer myself, um, and actually, you know, doing the lashes. I just know how important it is that the the end user is is happy in their service. So, you know, we continue just to push, you know, through that as far as with technology. We want to hear from our customers, um, you know, about the service. We have many um, different ways that, you know, right after the service is done, we ask for feedback and and make sure that we're doing the service right. And we do that even with internally with our lash artists and our, our franchisees. We have a very open communication with everybody. Uh, we have a platform that we use that we, ha- we can chat, they can offer suggestions, we give feedback. And I think, you know, when you come together as a whole, and you're not just a leadership team trying to make decisions on what we think are right, and we really take in what other people who are on the front line and doing, you know, doing the service or, or, you know, having the service done. And we take that in to just make sure that we are the best that we can be. And I hear that, you know, not, there's not a lot of franchisors out there like that, that, you know, they don't necessarily, because not all feedback is good feedback. So you've got to be able to, to, to know that that's, that's okay. And and you're going to hear that, but take that and learn from it and, you know, see if you can do anything better with it. So I mean, I think that's, you know, one thing that we stand out from is, um, and then just our model in general, you know, we try to make it very efficient. Every square foot in our locations, we want to make it generating revenue. So we don't have a front desk person. Um, we have an automatic check-in whenever you walk into the door um, through our app. So there, you know, there's, um, we have a customer service center where we handle all of the calls. So you're not hearing a phone ring or anything like that inside the studio. Um, that's not one less overhead person that you're having to deal with. So yeah, it's, I mean, we do a couple different things, but I think it's basically the customer focus, whether it's the client or a franchisee, those that's who we're focused on. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize that because we don't yet have a deco lash where I live, which I'm hoping someday soon. Um, but um, so by the way, if anybody's listening and they live in Victoria, <laughs> British Columbia, and you know, you're thinking of becoming a franchisee, keep listening. Um, so um, yeah, that's really neat though, that you don't have a front desk. Like it's, especially in this day and age, day and age, that sounds funny, but you know, during this, these times where it can be tough to get employees, you know, that, that there's a, there's a, a solution to that and it makes it less overhead. So that's really cool. And um, I really love that you said how much you listen to the front line, um, that, that you listen to your franchisees because, and, and that you acknowledge it's not always going to be good feedback, but it's going to, it's going to help you be better. And you're right. Not all franchisors do that. So that's, that's awesome that there's that, uh, that good communication. So, um, so let's, let's talk a little bit now about how eyelash extensions empower and provide confidence to women. I mentioned this earlier that that's, I experienced that myself. Um, so whether, whether the women are owners or clients or your lash artists providing your services. So how does, how do eyelash extensions empower and provide confidence? Well, you know, I think that just in general, when, when you look better, you know, you feel better. And then if, you know, if you feel better, then you're more productive. And at the end of being more productive is being more successful. So, you know, we put all of those together and that's, you know, just what really helps build that, that confidence. And that's what lashes do. And it seems silly. And, you know, when you were talking earlier on about, you know, male dominant and, you know, sometimes they don't really get that piece of, you know, that empower you, like the, the lashes empower you and they, they make you, they give you confidence and they just do. It's just, and it's, 
that was a big challenge of mine in the beginning um, when I first started pitching this idea that this could be a franchise and this is a business. And, and they were questioning a, a business just on eyelashes. Well, what else do you do? And, and you know, get eyelashes, women want eyelashes and it makes them feel good. And that's early on what I found too. When I did the service, it was that that self-confidence, that, that empowerment. I mean, they walked out differently than then they came in. I had um, a friend of mine that I had made through my boys' football team, and she was a you know pretty plain lady. She didn't wear a lot of makeup. You know, usually just came to practice with you know t-shirt and just like that's you know she was just plain there for kids and didn't do a lot to herself. You could tell you know she just and that's people do that. And um, she came, so I think I might get the lashes. I'm like, I think you should. You know, you don't wear a lot of makeup, but that's okay because lashes that's what they do. You don't have to wear a lot of makeup. And she was like one of the first clients that we had in and a friend. And I can tell you that she walked that football field so much differently after that she wore lashes than she did before. And, you know, that was another one of my first aha moments where I was like, look at this. This is somebody who doesn't spend a lot of time on herself. And now she's wearing lashes and she's just, you know, and she, and that was a client back in 2012, I think, one of the first ones, and she still comes in and gets lashes today. So I every every once in a while I'm in my home studio here and, and I still see her, but they do. It just it really is a it's a confidence booster and it just makes you feel, you know, like you can conquer the world. That's awesome. And, and just imagine, I imagine then like the lash artists and the the franchisees that are providing this, just the good feelings that come from that. I like to think for women, I, I, I kind of like to think of things like that, like lashes and, and doing things to help us feel more confident as like a secret weapon. You know? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you can be like, if you can, if you can have that level of confidence and, and look that good and be smart, like look out world. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I know. Um, and I think, yeah, for on the, like back to the lash artist side too, you know, it's an, it's an instant gratification. That's what lashes are. So whenever you're able to provide that instant gratification, like a facial or a massage, just those take a little bit of time to work through. But when you're able to give somebody, you know, something immediately that they can be like, oh my gosh, you know, they look in their mirror and, and see that right away, you know, that's a good feeling. I think in this industry, um, you know, as a esthetician or a cosmetologist, when you can give that immediate satisfaction, they feel very fulfilled at the, at the end of their day. It's interesting. I just, something just hit me, um, that, you know, with, with all the choices that we can, we can choose for, to enhance our beauty, whether it's, you know, things for our hair, our lips, our, you know, our, our nails or whatever it is. Right the eyes are probably one of the most important things because it's, you know, it's, it's your, where you communicate from and, and it's who you, what you're looking at when you're talking to people. So yeah. Yeah. That, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at FranchiseCanada.online. Now, Back to the podcast episode you are enjoying. 
so let's so Decalash has opened. This is crazy. This is awesome and crazy. <laughs> crazy got crazy awesome. More than a hundred studios in less than five years. Like every time I've thought about that with you, I'm just like, it's so amazing. So how did you achieve this quick growth? You know, in in franchising, I think it's like your your first 10 franchisees who really help you grow. Um, so I would, I would you know, put it back to, you know, thanking them and, you know, being the, the first ones and being able to, to help prove out the model. Um, originally, we had four studios in, in, in Pittsburgh before we started to grow. Um, and those were my own studios. And, you know, it was, I think, you know, just getting that validation that it can, it can work otherwise um, outside of Pittsburgh. So, you know, that, that really helped. Um, we surrounded ourselves with expert people who are expert in franchising, who were also franchisees of other brands um, also. So we looked at it as what did you, what, what do you wish you would have had when you were the franchisee of this franchisor? And that's how we build it, you know, inside out. Um, and that's the way we looked at it. Like, what can we make sure that, you know, we want to do good. And like I said, we didn't have the franchising background. So I think bringing a team in who had that experience um, really helped us out too, because we knew the business, we knew lashes, you know, my husband's big on technology and, and all of that. But I think just surrounding ourselves with the right team um, who have been there, done that, are also part of that team, but, but into Decalash. They also had studios of their own um, too. So um, that really helped because you have like feet on, you know, you, you have feet on the ground. You're, you know, what's happening inside those studios. And that I think that was another, you know, big one that they actually had skin in the game as well as being a leadership, being a franchisee of other franchisors that really helped us grow and do things the, the right way. That's amazing. I was at, recently at a conference and I'm, I'm just trying to remember, I think the stat was that 80 84% of companies don't make it past 10 units, franchise companies. And so that, that's just mind blowing to me. And, and I also just, just cause I know you a little bit, I know that you also have some strong core values. Do you think that plays into your growth that you've, you, that you've had these strong core values that everybody in the company lives and breathes? Yeah. You know, I think that with, with core values, in, if you surround yourself, you know, with other people who have you know, the, the same kind of values that you have when you're growing, you know, you're going to grow in the right way. Um, so, you know, we talk a lot about what our core values are just, just to make sure that, you know, we're all on the same page. And when we, when we look to add people to the team, um, when we do our evaluations for our team, you know, we go over what these core values are with everybody and, you know, just make sure that they're on the same page with everything and they're aligned with the same values that, that we are. So I, you know, our core values are passion, authenticity, and, and work ethic. And I think that, you know, it trickles down not only from our, our core staff, but, you know, in, inside of our, our studios too. And if you don't have, you know, happy clients or for, you know, that you, nobody's happy. So, you know, we just make sure that I think we we're all on the same page because it is important to us. And, you know, when we talk about passion, it's, you know, it's not just, you have to realize it's just not eyelashes. Like that's not what we are. Um, it's really about being part of your community. Um, it's believing in what we're doing, that we're changing lives. We say changing lives one lash at a time. Um, you know, just, it's not just about, it's about making money, but you have to have that passion behind it too. And that's when it really, 
you know, shows to other people. And, and, you know, that's what makes it more believable if you can have that, that passion. And then the same with authenticity is, is just being authentic and you, um, you know, owning, owning your mistakes, um, being true to yourself and your brand, um, you know, that's important to us too. Um, and then, you know, of course, just, you know, the work, work ethic is, you know, think about the, you know, not like the brand is everything, but just, you know, think about the integrity and, and everything that we're trying to, to do and uh, around the brand as well. Um, and put that first before you start to make other decisions on what it is. So we, um, we talk about it a lot in our meetings. We, we do shout outs um, when we, you know, somebody's do, doing one of those, um, falling in one of those categories. Um, so we, we talk about it a lot. And what's nice is when you start to, to back out of it, and you see that it's still happening and the boss is not there and they're, they're already doing it. I um, had an interview, we were interviewing for a new uh, corporate lash trainer and I was talking to my manager who was interviewing and, and she said, and I, and I asked, and I asked her, well, tell me about yourself. And the candidate was, you know, talking about, oh, you know, what she did in her work. And she's like, no, I, I want to know you personally. And she was like, oh, me. And she kind of giggled. And um, my manager said, yeah, you know, we really care about, you know, work life and balance and, and about you here at Decalash. And when she told me that I was like, see, you know, it, that's what happens when it starts trickling down and you people are, are following it and you're not even around. That's when you know, you've got, got that good, you know, core values in the company and the right people in the right seat. You're not, yeah, it's not just that um, thing in a book on a binder on the, on, yeah. on the shelf. It's actually happening. That is so awesome. I love that story, especially again, right now, you know, there's uh, it's a little tougher to get employees, but when, what, you know, people that talk about how tough it is, I'm like, do you, have you created a good work environment that makes people want to work there? And that's core values has a lot to do with that. I love that you, that you have that. And you know that I can't believe how many companies have core values that they don't really embody and they're not they're not true to what they are what I love about this is that I can tell it's really true like the passion you explained it's not just passion for for lashes itself it's passion for the community passion for empowering women and all the things that the passion and then what I love about the authenticity core value is that it sort of balances I guess the idea that like if anybody would ever think well being lashes and beauty is a, is about vanity it, it's not, you're, you're very clear here. It's not about vanity. It's about empowering and confidence. And by having a core value of being yourself, I don't know. I just love the way that kind of offsets if anybody would ever have that concern, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then the work ethic obviously is, is critical. This is awesome to hear that you have those, you know, really strong core values. And I think that segues into, so, well, first of all, a lot of the audience that listens to this podcast um, it are people thinking, you know, could I maybe be a franchisee? Like, should I think about this? And, and you know, they've never thought about it. And, and I love, you know, this is a very modern concept. I, I love that the world is opening up to all kinds of different things that are that, are, you know, you, you different concepts that are using the franchise model. It's not all quick service restaurants anymore. And that, you know, there's more purpose-driven and, and then yeah. sort of more female focused. So I wanted to, I wanted to just add that in here to make sure that people that are listening understand, like you really should reflect on whether you could do this if you're thinking about it, because you probably can. However, it's, you don't want just anybody becoming a franchisee because you don't want somebody to fail. Obviously you don't want, you're not just trying to take their money and, and grow the brand. You want people that are 
are going to, uh, you know, be successful for their sake. And, and I imagine you're looking for franchisees across both the U S and Canada. Is yes. That correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody's listening to this and trying to think, I wonder if I would be a good franchisee, if I would be you know, able to do this, what are some of the, the traits that you're, you see in your top performing franchisees? Well, um, you know, to, you know, own and owning your own business and, and being a franchisee coming part of being part of a system is, you know, you, you really get to like lead and inspire a team, which, you know, I think is, is really a cool thing to do. And it's a, it's a good way like to give back. Um, it, it makes you, you know, feel good. I also like right since the pandemic also there has been proven that like 80% more people now are more like want to do things for self-care more than, than ever. And, you know, what better time to get into, you know, a business like this, where, you know, this basically is self-care. It's you're taking time for yourself and you're, you're doing something that makes you feel good. And, you know, that's, that's all part of this, this new movement where we've learned to do something for yourself and to, to take that time and, and to do it. So, um, you know, as far as, you know, franchising and, and getting this kind of business, I think there's, you know, this is a great time. And I think, you know, just realizing that you're the, the top performers are there. They're big in their communities. Um, they're, they are involved in, in what they do. Um, of course they believe in what we're doing. You know, women make a big, piece of this business too. A lot of our top franchisees are, there's a woman involved. Um, and if she's either, it's a power couple where, you know, the husband's there as a support because it is nice to have support. It's, you know, a family member behind you to support you. Um, but there's also, you know, our, there's top franchisees who are, they're women. They are, you know, all by themselves doing this awesome job and creating this team of other women underneath them and in inspiring that group. So it's, you know, it is really a, a woman based when you think about who we employ, which are, you know, 99% women. Um, our clientele is same, you know, mostly all women. Um, so, you know, this is, this is a job that is easy to go into or not job. It's a, bu a business, right. Um, as a woman to, to walk into and, and feel very confident, I think. And cause you're surrounded by other women, which, uh, you know, that's, that's the best part about it. I think that you can, you know, uplift each other and, and then just being part of a franchise system in general, just the support that you get, um, on the back end that it's, you know, it's, it's, you have to work, of course. I mean, this still is your business at the end of the day, but the support that you have around you, um, not only from the corporate team, but the other franchisees, I mean, you, you couldn't get that, you know, being a single owner of anything. It just, it wouldn't be that, it wouldn't be that easy at all. So, yeah. I want to uh, answer that question. I feel like I ran yes. a little bit. No, that's what we I'm want. Sorry. No, you gave lots of good. What I'm going to do here is just kind of uh, summarize a couple of things just to make sure I heard you correctly. So uh, starting off with the wanting to lead and inspire. Um, I love that you pointed that out because when, when I was 25 and became a franchisee, which I, I always, again, think is funny. 20, again, female, 25 year old now boss's daughter. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, we had a couple, I had a couple of men working for me. One of them was twice my age. So back to kind of this female male thing, but you know, one of the things that I think happened to me, so we were ready to 
uh, expand the, the, the franchise over to Vancouver Island, the last place in Canada that we hadn't expanded yet. And just because it would require a ferry shipping the product over and stuff. And my dad was like, you know, we're ready to put stores over there on the island. And it looks like a bit of a tough market. So if anyone can do it, you should be able to do it because you kind of live and breathe <laughs> M&M meat shops. And so I was like, okay, I'll go do that. But then I think what really shocked me was, oh my gosh, now I have to like lead a team of people. And I think I was a bit unprepared for that. Not to say that like, I didn't fail because of it, because there was support there back to also what you said, like there's support there, but, but recognizing that you're going to be leading people and do you have the right DNA to be a leader? Not again, you don't have to have been a leader, but you kind of look at your history and go, do I tend to naturally step up? And am I open to learning how to do that? So I just want to emphasize that was a key trait that you mentioned, obviously the hard work. Um, I want to go back to the communities. I think one of the um, mysteries to people that haven't become a franchisee yet and are thinking about it is like, how, how do I get business. Like, you know, I'm going to pay for marketing maybe, but when you hear this thing about getting out into the community, could you just give a few examples of things that your top performing franchisees do in their communities that brings people in? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, it's working with other like business owners within the, you know, the plaza that you're in a lot of networking events too. So getting involved in any charity events that, that are there. There's also, there's always sports, um, you know, that they're looking for any kind of donation, whether it's a Chinese auction or a banner or something that, that you can put up at a, at a place. Um, communities, I feel, really take to businesses um, that are willing to give back in that aspect. And you know, they're likely to, to start believing in that business because you're believing in the community. So I think just getting involved that way, always carrying your, you know, a business card or something on you to, you know, just leave as a little note behind, you know, after you have a conversation with somebody, um, uh, you know, where they can reach you or to remind them, you know, what you have. Um, you know, I think that's another thing that they're just, you know, really just promoting themselves and, and talking as much as they can about their business and then part, doing partnerships um, with that. Other businesses are so happy to do, to work with you. Um, they know what it's like, um, you know, you're not competing with them. It's, you're not doing the exact same thing. It's, it's a compliment to their business. So um, for us, for instance, you know, being in the beauty industry, if you look at, the, you know, any kind of fitness, um, you know, brands, that's great. Nails, uh, you know, salons, um, those work really well to, to partner up with and, um, we've sponsored classes for, you know, certain, certain places where we give free sets away. Um, I know that they've done that, but raffle baskets, those, that part of the community is yeah, really big. Wow. That's a lot of awesome ideas there. And when you say partner with say like a, a fitness studio or what would be an example of, of how, when you say that, like, what would the offer, maybe you, you offer opposite, like you offer each other's services. Um, yeah, maybe you can explain. Yeah, so um, we've done it a couple different ways. Um, so like, for instance, on if you come in on a Wednesday, and let's just use Pure Bar for an example, um, and on Wednesday class, um, you and en you're entering in to win a raffle for free eyelashes. 
Um, so they, you know, whoever's shining up that class, then they get their name pulled and they have that chance to win. Um, or they sponsor a, a whole, a challenge. Maybe it's a fitness brand and they're doing this challenge and everybody's signing up for the challenge. And when you do, you get these things for free or a discount for free. Um, you participate in that and to, to bring people into the door. Uh, a number one way that we get people in the door is not necessarily paid advertisements. It is referrals. So the more people you can get in the door, they refer other people. And then it just starts to become very organic at that point. That's awesome. I, 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 this is just one of my favorite topics is community <laughs> marketing, because I think that a lot of uh, people don't realize how easy it actually is. And like you said, carry the card on you, like just hand the card out and you could have yeah. like a, you could, I, I remember I would sometimes put like, I'll give you a, you know, a free pie. If you, if you know, when you come in, like I'd have a note on there and it would, yeah. stop it. so then they'd be like, Oh, the owner gave this to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I know we had to go back and we looked at our, you know, our, our marketing, when we go through our, our business training. Um, so when somebody signs up and then they go through the whole business training and we were looking at it, it was all about social, you know, social media and pay-per-click at, and Google. And then, it, and it was like, wait, we need to talk about, you know, just the, the, or just the grassroots, like, what are you doing yeah. in your community? Because, you know, you think like, oh, that, you know, makes so much sense. But until sometimes you kind of hear it, then it clicks. And, it, and that was, I mean, in the beginning for me, I built my whole business that way. It was, yeah. it was just, you know, something that we did. And like you said, they want to, when they hear from the owner or, or the service provider and they're talking about it and you feel that passion, you know, people, people appreciate that. And they're like, yeah, I'll I want to come in there. Totally. And like the charity stuff, like they want to support you back and they feel guilty, guilty if they don't. So that's, yes. that's, I mean, and just, yeah, it's good all around. Um, yeah. And, and not, and I was going to say that some people think of a franchise as a corporate chain and they don't understand that these are local owners and Still small bit. Yeah. Business. Yeah, owners. I love what you said. Like, it's like become known as you know, I'm Susan from Becca Lash. Like everybody in town knows you're Susan from Becca Lash. And then when they go to get, they think about lashes, they're going to think about you. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. And I think that a lot of, um, often even just, I work with a lot of different franchisors and they'll say like, we're trying to put together, improve our marketing plans for our franchisees. And I'm like, well, what are you doing right now? And we all, it always comes back to the, the things that work the best or the community marketing. Like you don't have to spend a ton of money on advertising. You can, you can make more money if you're just willing to get out there in the community. Yeah. So that's really cool. And I guess that that's um, kind of answers. I was going to also ask like, just what do you specifically look for in new franchisees? But I guess we kind of covered that um, unless there's anything you want to add to that. You know, we talked about with the core values and uh, so somewhat of a leadership perspective, the willing to work hard community, passion for community. Is there anything else that you look for in prospective franchisee? Um, no, I mean, I, I think that probably sums it up. It, I did want to add that, you know, in addition to, you know, the community that we, we work on a part of Lashes, that we are part of two other great organizations that we belong to. That is um, one one is called One Love, and that is where we we host classes within our our lash artist community. And the idea behind One Love is if you can teach people how to. That's one thing we're not taught in school, right? Is is how to love. And um, if you can get to young people um, and teach them about healthy relationships, um, healthy friendships, and get to them at a young age, and that it will help build a better community and better relationships long term. Um, and it was it was built out of a, a tragedy that had happened. Um, and um, from Yardley was the, the, um, the person, but 
um, it was, her, you know, her boyfriend, they were in college, they were just in a, a bad relationship. And um, it, the foundation was found out of that. So um, we, we started doing that, which I think is another way that we can just find ways to give back to the community outside of making women feel good um, with lashes and, and that. And then Wands for Wildlife is the other one that we do as well. Um, and that is all of our um, lash brushes and stuff that is, um, you know, we, we set those aside and um, we send those off to Wands for Wildlife. And that's where um, it's a way that we can just make a bigger impact, um, I think, in a, in a smaller way, but yet in a larger way that we we are trying to do with as Decalash too in in the community and in around the world. So, just wanted to add that you know nice little cause in that we have those two um, charities and organizations that we belong to as well. That's awesome. I'm just thinking about all like you're 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 um, you're following the formula for success as a franchisor, and I, I I feel like I I can say that because I saw it in my family business where we got to almost 500 locations and I've over the years reflected on what was it that my dad knew and that we did different and all the things you're saying it's the community marketing it's it's getting the right franchisees it's the charities the giving back like it's it's that, that corporate responsibility I think we have when we when we are successful in business and what I always hear loud and clear from franchisees is that the the best um, community marketing is when you give back without expecting anything back. It's, yes. it's more of an, it's, it's like an act of service. So that's, that's what I'm hearing in, in what you're saying, which is, is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got, we've got just a couple minutes left. I, there's two areas I want to go. First of all, just back to this idea that a person that, you know, I, I see a lot of women and, and younger men and, and, even maybe more men that are in a corporate job realizing I can be a franchisee, I can own a small business. And this is what I get, why I think I'm so excited about these interviews I get to do as a, as a guest host for the CFA is to really help people realize, um, to, to get over the roadblocks and believe that they can actually, you know, they can actually do it. So um, if just, you mentioned before that it is common for, in your brand, there's, there are women who are, partnered with their husband. So they're, but they're more the face of the brand um, and maybe the husband's supporting in the background. But I think you also mentioned there's some that are completely on their own. And is that because they have the franchisor as support? Maybe if just talk a little bit about the two different sides of that. Yeah. Um, so normally when it is a husband and wife um, team, the, the wife is the face of the company. Um, she's the one who's in the studio. She's the one talking to the, you know, lash artist. Um, uh, we've had times where, you know, it was the wife who, who wanted to be, you know, it was her idea, but the husband becomes just as passionate, you know, as she does. So it's like, then they, that's when they become like this, this super couple, um, in the background, but, you know, generally the, the, the husband's working on the numbers, you know, that piece of the, the KPIs and, and the, the stuff on the back. And, and then the, the wife, you know, is like I said, more the, the, the face of it and more of the fun, you know, I call it the fun part because the numbers and all that are, you know, when you have to crunch numbers all day, it's nice and so we can just show you those numbers, but, um, to, you know, normally that's like how that, that dynamic works, but then, you know, then we have just the powerhouse, you know, woman who is coming, coming in and, and doing it all and very relatable, um, you know, sometimes, you know, also is a consumer herself. So she kind of understands and gets that the whole process of what, what it is. 
um, and can really relate and build a really good team because, at, you know, that's that's huge. It's the culture, you know, we, we try to build here at corporate, but it's, you know, the team and the culture that you're able to build in that studio to retain those um, people that you hire and who become your family and, and help you grow. And so it's, you know, building that relationship, you know, I think, and just doing little things like dropping off lunch and, and sending them thank yous. And, you know, when you ha have your team meetings, um, you know, to, like I said, you know, bring in Rita's frozen ice, just those little things that, you know, you show. And I think as women, we're generally compassion and we're caregivers anyway. So that a lot of that comes natural that we're able to like have that, the, that intuition to, to just do those things where, you know, some, you know, not, not, you know, not all men think, think that way. Uh, you know, I don't want to stereotype it because there are plenty that do, but you know, you, a woman's touch is, is, is nice. And I think when you have that in there, that it really makes a difference. Yeah. So it sounds like you've seen that women have a lot of natural traits that lend to being successful in this small business environment. And um, I just want to check in, like when you say powerhouse, I, I would imagine there's women that come in sort of, you don't realize they're going to be, and they don't realize they're going to end up being a powerhouse, right? Like I, it's not like, it's not like, oh, you'll only be successful if you come in as a powerhouse. It's like you come in and you realize, oh my gosh, like I naturally can do this. And, and it sounds like that happens a lot. Yes, it does. And I, you know, that again, being part of the, the system and, and being part of a franchise, you know, we've gone through a lot of those blood, sweat, and tears and, and, you know, came up to, you know, now where it's a turnkey business. So you, know, you don't have to have all of that knowledge, um, you know, before you come in, because we've, we've built that for you. So if you come in and, and have the passion for the business and for passion for being your own boss and leading a team, then, you know, that's, that's really what's important. First, we look at the person, um, and then we, you know, then, then we look at, okay, what can they do? But it's, it's really about those, again, core values. If, if you have that, that behind you, and that's what you want to do, um, then, you know, you have to support the system to help get you there. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the beauty of it is that you have that support. You sounds like I'm just hearing so many good things about the way that you support your franchisees and listen to them and communicate and the core values. So uh, I'm starting to think maybe I need to be the one that opens a <laughs> deck of lash in Victoria. I'm getting tempted here. Um, actually, one very last question is, does the, does the franchisee need to do lashes? No, actually, I, I don't. I mean, we maybe have two um, that do, do lashes um, that, you know, came in as a, an owner, but um, no never that really very unlikely that they actually do lashes. Okay. It just hit me that I should clarify that because if, if someone's like, I want, I love the idea, but I can't imagine doing the lashes. That's not what this is about. This is about being a small business owner and leading the team of people that do the lashes is what I'm hearing. That's right. Yep. Correct. Awesome. Okay. I, I have, I, I said one more, but I'm going to give you one more. <laughs> if we can answer this one quickly. So what advice do you have for prospective franchisees that might be considering joining uh, franchising right now? What advice do I have? I mean, I, I would think, you know, just if you're thinking about it, uh, find out more information. Um, those are, that's the one thing I think that people regret, regret is if, you know, they want to do something, but they never really act on it or, or do anything about it. So, you know, I would, I would just say to get more information and, you know, don't, don't think that you can't do it because you can. 
and you know we have a pr proven system here on our end that shows you know the the growth that we have and and the success that we have so you know believe in yourself and it's if this is something that you're passionate about um you you know want to take your life you know in your own hands and control your destiny then i i would go ahead and get more information and give it some serious thought because you know it's definitely i think ultimately you know, this should be the best decision that you've ever made in your life is, is to become your own boss and a business owner. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it does take a, uh, take that little bit of a leap, but I think you're right. The more information you get, you'll know if it's the right thing for you or not. And, and the franchise or you and, and any others out there will guide you along and help you to figure that out. So you're not alone. And that's the whole beauty of franchising. That's right. <laughs> so, so Jennifer, this has been awesome. I feel like we could certainly go on and on for another hour or two, but um, thank you for your time today. I know you've got a lot going on and really, really appreciate it. And all the insights you've shared. No, well, thank you. This was fun. I know. I feel like we could, we definitely could go on and on and talk. So no, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time out to hear my story and learn a little bit more about Decalash. And um, yeah, it was fun. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit franchisecanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada e-news while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and connect with specific franchise opportunities at lookforafranchise.ca. Now go be awesome.